0: Is God dead? That was the question Time magazine asked on its front cover of the periodical in 1966. The Western world seemed to be crumbling all around, but a few years later, another headline told a different story The Jesus Revolution. Was the startling cover in 1971. The Time reporter saw mass baptisms and conversions, though he considered himself a neutral observer, perhaps even a skeptic. He admitted he was deeply moved by what he saw. Our country is a dark and divided place these days, he wrote, and there's hope in that tent. A kind of love and unity that I can't fully explain and it's spreading. The tent he was talking about was Calvary Chapel in Southern California and it reflected a new and powerful revival led by Pastor Chuck Smith and hippie evangelist Lonnie Frisbee. There was hope and forgiveness in the name of Jesus, and tens of thousands saw their lives changed forever. Welcome to Haven Today here on a Monday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're starting a series today that we're calling Becoming Jesus People.
1: Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. You know
0: I need someone, Possibly one of the most famous songs from the 1960s, The Beatles, singing what many were feeling over 60 years ago. The Vietnam War, the rise of drug use with young people, and an openness about sex never seen before. Music, in many ways, became a megaphone, some songs calling for more love, others calling for help, while still more simply sung about tuning in turning on and dropping out. Our world in the late 60s and early 70s seemed to be falling into darkness. But then, God moved in a mysterious way.
1: The young Greg Laurie is into drugs, trying to find the meaning and purpose of his life. And on my high school campus, Lonnie Frisbee comes and preaches one afternoon and I hear the gospel and I give my life to Christ. And I'd heard about this church and I I went there at someone's invitation and walked smack dab into the middle of
0: a revival. That's a pastor and evangelist, Greg Glory, sharing a bit about his life as a hippie back in the early 70s, and how God moved in his life to save him in the Jesus People Movement. Greg will be joining me again in a moment to talk about his testimony and this incredible revival that happened 50 years ago. And he's going to share his hope, mine too, that God can move in such a way today. So stay with me. It's a powerful interview that you don't want to miss. Then after the program, I want to send you, for your gift to the ministry, the brand new movie about Greg's life, as well as his wife Kathy and Pastor Chuck Smith and the hippie evangelist Lonnie Frisbee called Jesus Revolution. The film was made by the same team that brought you American Underdog, and I can only imagine. And it was a surprise hit in theaters, and I know it'll be a hit in your home as you watch this true story. On DVD, and it's my prayer. It will encourage all of us to be praying for revival, and to share the good news of Jesus today. You can watch some excerpts from the movie and make your gift at HavenToday.org. That's HavenToday.org, or call us after the program at eight hundred sixty-five Haven, eight hundred sixty-five Haven. And now, there's a single that comes out of the movie, Jesus Revolution. And it's sung for us now by Michael W. Smith. They will know we are Christians by our love. We are one in the Spirit. We are
1: I'm Lonnie. I'm Jeanette. Hey. Hey. So where are you headed? Coming down from San Francisco, spreading the good news to
0: whoever wants to hear it. How about you, Jeanette? you know about the way, the truth, and the life? You've got to meet my dad. Far out. Is he into hippies? Nope. This is Haven Today, and that was an excerpt from the Jesus Revolution movie where hippie preacher Lonnie Frisbee meets one of Chuck Smith's daughters for the first time. And joining us on the program, he hasn't been on with me in a few years, is Greg Laurie. Hi, Charles. Uh, Greg, we share the same favorite Mexican restaurant near our office, Sancho's. and uh, <laughs> Excellent. Boy, every time I go in there and get their homemade tortillas, I think of you and how much you enjoy them as well. So <laughs> That's,
1: They're great. You
0: can't beat homemade tortillas, can you? No, you can't. And if, for a number of years now, you've been making a few movies. That's why we had you on the last time, the Steve McQueen movie. Yeah. This, though, is different. Jesus Revolution. It's personal for you, isn't it? Yeah. And just tell us, tell us how you decided you wanted to make a movie about the Jesus Revolution. Well, the other movies
1: you're mentioning, Steve McQueen, The Salvation of an American Icon. And I also made another documentary called Johnny Cash. Yes. The Redemption of an American Icon. They were documentaries. Now, this is a feature film. Uh, The difference is I didn't decide to make it. A friend of mine named John Irwin. Yes. Who has the Kingdom Story Company, and he has directed film the films Woodlawn. I can only imagine. I still believe. American Underdog. He came to me with a copy of Time magazine that had the psychedelic image of Jesus on the cover with the words, Jesus, Revolution, he said, I want to make a movie about this story, about this movement. And someone told me you were there. And I said, I was. So we got to know each other and developed a friendship. And then when he wrote the screenplay, he wrote it around my life, mm-hmm. the life of my wife, Kathy, who wasn't my wife at the time, and then also around the life of Chuck Smith and the hippie evangelist named Lonnie Frisbee. So our lives are interwoven as he tells this story of how God impacted a generation. So it's a feature film in in Lionsgate, which is a major film studio, is releasing it and people are loving it, old and young.
0: Wow, that's great. Let's figure in your life story. Now, all of us who are Christians have heard about revivals. A lot of us have read about revivals through the centuries. Not all of us have been part of a great revival. What was the Jesus Revolution in Southern California, and then tell me how it related to Greg Laurie.
1: Well, it you know could be summed up in two people coming together at least in my neck of the woods here in Southern California is Chuck Smith and Lonnie Frisbee. You couldn't have a more unlikely pair. Chuck Smith, <laughs> a not so successful pastor, faithful teacher of the Bible, uh, perplexed by the young generation getting into drugs and counterculture ideas, and then Lonnie Frisbee, a full blown hippie evangelist. And and Chuck wanted nothing to do with the hippies, but his wife, Kay, had a heart for them and was praying for them. And then Chuck met Lonnie. And it was like nitro met glycerin. It was this explosive response. And to Chuck's credit, he opened his church up and let Lonnie preach. And he lost a few people over it who didn't like this hippie and didn't like this idea of letting these kids who were barefoot coming into church. But But Chuck opened the door of his church and he opened up his heart and a spiritual awakening took place, and soon thousands of kids are coming to Christ. Also at this moment, Chuck opened his heart to a a group of musicians that called Mm -hmm. themselves Love Song, Mm -hmm. and contemporary Christian music was literally born. So fast forward about six months, a young Greg Laurie is into drugs, trying to find the meaning and purpose of his life, and on my high school campus, Lonnie Frisbee comes and preaches one afternoon, and I hear the gospel, and I give my life to Christ, and I'd heard about this church, and I, I went there at someone's invitation, and I walked smack dab into the middle of a revival. And I didn't even know yeah. it was a revival, Charles, because mm-hmm. I had no church background. So I just thought, "Wow, this is Christianity. I love this. <laughs> this place.
0: It is yours. <laughs> I don't. I don't care if anybody else thinks so. <laughs> if if you feel like you're an outcast and." Then- Join us here. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, this is where you belong. If you feel ashamed or trapped in something you've done or are doing, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. This is your home. This is Haven Today, and that was Kelsey Grammer, who played Pastor Chuck Smith, inviting hippies and young people to come visit his church. Greg, it's amazing how contagious a revival can actually be. Yes. And and even to this day, decades later, you're looking back on it, and those have got to be the fondest memories of your life, I would think.
1: Yeah, uh, I look back at it with great fondness. You know, I was to my wife, Kathy, yesterday, um, you know, it's weird. To go back so far into your life and live in that space again mentally, because, you know, it's so long ago. It's like 50 years ago. But when we did this movie, they wanted details, details. What was it like? What were you feeling? What were Mm. you thinking? You know, Mm. as they're writing the screenplay. So, you know, you don't think a lot about your teenage thoughts when when you're older. I'm, I just turned 70. So this is a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, but I, but having said that, though I'm thankful for the past, You know, what I'm doing today is very much connected to that. And I'm always looking for what does the Lord want to do right now? You know, how can we reach our generation similar to what Chuck did in reaching that young generation? Because I don't want to be that person that lives in the past. I don't want to be that person that is not in the present saying, Lord, do it again. And that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying, Charles, that we have another jesus movement another spiritual awakening Mm -hmm. in america Mm -hmm. we're hoping this
0: movie will help well absolutely we should pray for that and and that was my next question as well it's so easy to dwell in the past and to reflect on how god moved in the past but he's not finished with us yet until he returns is he and 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 so what is your hope you're a pastor you preach crusades uh still today what's your hope what are you praying for what do you ask your team to pray for at your church?
1: Yeah, I think of the words of Scripture. It says, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? So I'm praying the Lord does it again. Mm-hmm. And it may be a youth revival. Hey, what if it was a revival among elderly people? Who knows what God's going to mm-hmm. do? You know, it's up mm-hmm. to him to choose how and when and where he wants to do what he wants to do. But, but I'm praying for another spiritual awakening. In fact, I've asked our folks to pray and set their phones to 714 set the alarm to 714 morning evening both if you like and then when your alarm goes off you pray why 714 because second chronicles 714 says as you know god speaking if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then god promises i'll hear from heaven forgive their sin and heal their land now contextually that promise was given to israel but principally, I don't know why it wouldn't apply to any nation or any person. If we would humble mm-hmm. ourselves and pray and repent and turn to God, yes, we can experience revival. You know, Charles, revival can be personal. A individual Christian can have a revival. Mm-hmm. A revival can be local. A church can have a revival in their congregation or in their community. A revival can be national you know, kind of like a wildfire going across the country. And it can be international. And the Jesus movement actually was an international awakening. And I'm praying that we will have another one. I think America desperately needs one because, you know, what happens, things are very bleak in the late 60s. And things Mm -hmm. are very bleak right now. And we didn't have a political revolution. We didn't even have a moral revolution. We had what Time Magazine described as a Jesus revolution. Mm -hmm. We need Jesus people. That's what we call ourselves, Jesus people. We were defined by who we were for, not what we were against. And I think we need more of that today.
0: I can remember Chuck Smith telling me about this and how his wife, uh, it was the prodding of his wife to to open the church doors. And and these young people, these hippies, they didn't bathe. Uh, They maybe didn't use deodorant. And they were coming in, but they were coming in by droves and they were having an encounter with the risen Christ. I I, I guess as you're thinking where we are today and however many years the Lord gives you and gives me, the Spirit is still at work and can still bring about great revival, can't He? He can. And I want to
1: just add one thing that I was a clean hippie. I ironed my clothes. (laughs) You actually bathed. (laughs) I showered daily. I washed my hair, and I had hair back then, yeah, so I was kind of the exception of the normal dirty hippie i was I was a clean hippie um <laughs> yeah i i I pray God does it again, and i I think that we just i think even Charles talking about it is a good beginning, praying about it is even better, and we're hoping with this mm-hmm. movie we're praying that as people see a true revival story. It will inspire them. You know, it's been said the fame of revival spreads the flame of revival. So mm. we're telling this true story and we're hoping people will say, do it again, Lord, because you see it played out in real life. And what's great about this film is there's twists and turns and it's not your normal Christian film. Right. It's not perfect and tidy. It shows flawed people. Every character in the movie were all flawed. And it shows that, but it shows how God worked despite our flaws. So I'm hoping as people watch this, they'll say, "Well, Lord, I pray that will happen in my generation."
0: Well, let's 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 bring one other thing that you mentioned, you brought up love song a little while yeah. ago the, and 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 the idea of music. Uh, you preach crusades. Billy Graham preached crusades. Billy yeah. Graham brought in music as well. But I think with the Jesus Revolution, music had an even more special spot. Just talk to me a little bit about that. Maranatha music got started. Just, just, yeah, you know, reflect back on that with me for a moment. Sure. Well, you know, there's an excellent film done also by John Irwin. It's a
1: documentary called The Jesus Music. That, that's Mm -hmm. well worth watching. But, um, the fact that it was called Jesus Music, you know, when we started out, when these bands started out, they were not saying, let's create a whole new industry of music, like country music. Let's do Christian music. No, it was like, we've come to Christ. Music was so Popular in my day, people really looked to musicians for direction. They were kind of like the Pied Pipers of our generation. Unfortunately, for the most part, they were the blind leading the blind. But these people come to Christ, talented artists, musicians, and they they wrote these songs. And what I find really interesting is so many of the songs were talking to the world. Like Mm. one of the lyrics of Love Song was. We would sing it in church. We're all gathered here because we all believe. If there's a doubter in the crowd, we ask you not to leave. Give a listen
0: to his story Hear the message that we bring Feel his faith swell up inside you Lift your
1: Lift your voice with us and sing, accept Accent them with your whole heart, and use your own two hands. With one, reach out to Jesus, with the other, bring a friend. What a mm. perfect description <laughs>
0: of what <laughs> was happening. Great.
1: You know, and so it... we, they were telling the story in song about what was happening in this awakening.
0: Mm. You still do crusades, yes. along with pastoring a church harvest. Yeah. Do you see God still using the preaching of the word today to bring people to faith?
1: Yeah, and I think he always will. You know, because the Bible says it's the foolishness of preaching that people believe.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and I there's power in the message of the cross. And you know, you mentioned Billy Graham. I got to know him very well. I actually wrote a book about him called Billy Graham the Man I Knew. Mm-hmm. And and I uh, as I was starting my crusade ministry, Billy was sort of ending his, Mm -hmm. and he asked me to join him on the road and help him with his sermons, because he wanted to reach younger people. So I mainly helped him in the illustration department. And it was the greatest honor of my life to do anything I could for this godly man. And I can tell you privately, he was even more impressive than he was publicly. And he was very impressive publicly. He was very humble, very very inquisitive, always wanting to learn more. Really, such an impressive man. But, uh, you know, I learned watching Billy how important the power of the gospel is. And I think a lot of times we complicate it. We clutter it. We add too much to it. It's very different to preach an evangelistic message as compared to an expository message. Mm -hmm. Not that evangelism can't be expository. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a different objective. When, When you preach evangelistically, you're preaching for a decision. You know, from the moment you begin to the moment you end, you're going to go, you know, to that person and say, you need to accept Christ right now, and here's how to do it. And it needs to be super understandable, because we're in a culture now that is completely illiterate biblically. Mm -hmm. We can't assume they know any of the terms we use. Even the most simple Christian terms I don't think you can assume an unbeliever knows what it means when we say you need to be saved and accept Christ. What does that mean?
0: What does it mean?
1: So we have to explain everything to them. And so I found, as I've been preaching now for quite a few years—fifty years—I um, I found that I've actually become more simple in my preaching, especially in evangelism. Like I, I try to speak in, in the language of people today and not assume my mm-hmm. listener knows my terminology.
0: Mm, that's that's great Greg Glory would you lead us in prayer that God would send a revival not just where you live in America and I live but also international like the Jesus revolution would would you mind leading us in prayer and I'll ask all our listeners to join us in in you praying right now
1: alright I'd be happy to let's pray Father you have promised in scripture that if your people which are called by your name will humble themselves if we'll humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways and seek your face that you will hear from heaven and forgive our sin and heal our land. Lord, we pray for revival, but let it start with us. Let us be living as close to you as we possibly can. Help us, Lord, to repent of our sin. We do that as an act of obedience. And Lord, help us to live such a life with you that nonbelievers would see us and say, I want what they have. Lord, just fill us with the Holy Spirit and give us a new passion for evangelism, to share our faith, to look for ways to engage people in evangelistic conversations. Use us for your glory and send an awakening to our nation. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Greg Laurie, my brother in Christ, Thanks for being part of the Jesus Revolution. Thank you for sharing that with us on Haven Today. Thank you, Charles. Was up in San Francisco for a long time, living in Haight-Ashbury, on the streets, all over. Man, we did everything, and everyone. But that was the point. You see, the drugs, it's a quest. For what? For God. How can you not see that? There is an entire generation right now searching for God. Lonnie Frisbee explaining the Jesus movement to Pastor Chuck Smith from the Jesus Revolution movie. And we just heard Spirit song from Maranatha Music that comes right out of the 70s. In fact, Pastor Chuck's radio program opened with that song for many, many years. You're listening to Haven Today. My name is Charles Morris, and this is a program called Becoming Jesus People. I'm thankful for Pastor Greg Laurie joining me on the program today. And as you just heard, the early 70s was a troubling time. If you're old enough, you remember that. And the thought of a Christian hippie was an oxymoron back then. Hippies were considered liberal radicals, anti-war fanatics. They lived in communes. They indulged in erratic and dangerous behavior. How could God save a hippie? Nevertheless, a revival began with hippies and when you watch the new movie called jesus revolution you'll see how it all started i believe you need to see this film not only is it well made by the team that brought you the steve mcqueen documentary and the jeremy camp movie i still believe but the movie is inspiring it'll encourage you to keep praying for revival in your life and in your world and it could be a great way to share the gospel with somebody in your life who hasn't met jesus yet so head over to our website right now. Watch some excerpts from the Jesus Revolution DVD and then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And just as we have to go, if you wanted to get the Chronicles of Narnia Radio Theater presentation of C.S. Lewis's classic books, we still have the collector's tin for your gift as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If you've had children or no small children, they can get worried after being corrected. They may ask their parents, do you still love me? The response, yes, dear, we always love you. In the book of Numbers, the Israelites were struggling with disobedience. They had rebelled in all sorts of ways in the first 12 chapters and been punished accordingly. But when a pagan king hires Balaam to curse Israel, the Lord intervened. Balaam was told to only speak the words the Lord commanded. After years of rebellion, does the Lord still love them? In Numbers 23, Balaam is commanded to say, How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? Yes, the Lord loves His people. Our God loves to bless. Get daily encouragement with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.